want you to reflect this morning on perhaps the best vacation that you ever took. Uh, maybe it was a week at the Lake Cottage. Maybe it was a cruise or a trip to Disney. Maybe it was a visit to Washington, D.C., New York, or the U.S. Wherever that destination was, what made that vacation so memorable? Was it simply just having time away from work or school? Or not having to make your bed or cook or clean the room for you? Or was it simply just the great food and the sightseeing experiences you wanted? But whatever made that vacation so memorable and special, ultimately, is about you. And vacations, by their very nature, are about me, myself, and I. And in our lives, we're often we're overscheduled and sometimes have little margin and deal with all the stress that comes with it. Vacations are a blessing. It's a time to rejuvenate and relax and regroup and bond with others. We discover ourselves, perhaps. Vacations ultimately give us some needed me time or some new and family time. But as much of a blessing as vacations are in our lives, it can be a challenge for each and every one of us not to develop a vacation or a club med or a country club mindset relative to our church membership, our connection to the body of Christ. And I think it's a trap that's easy for all of us to step into, church staff included. It's easy to view our membership to the body of Christ almost as a country club, sometimes a vacation, where the church exists as a vacation to meet the needs of me, myself, and I. Now, today, as we continue in our three-week series of sermon series titled, I Am a Church Member, based on Tom Rainey's book by that same title, uh, today we're going to be exploring the concept and the challenge of pledging our church membership as a gift, a gift to cherish and support, and not as a club or a vacation perk with certain rights and privileges that go with it. Now, last week, Pastor Dave kicked off our series by looking at the concept of one, what it means to be a unifying and um, functioning church member. Today, we're going to build upon that and look at the blessing of being a part of the body of Christ. And look at our membership not as a religious vacation with country club folks, but truly a gift to cherish and support. Now, in his book, I Am a Church Member, Tom Rainer in chapter 6, and that's the chapter we're going to focus a lot on today, basically says there's two competing views out there as members of the church that we have to tussle with and wrestle with. The first view looks at our church membership, our connection to the body, again, from a vacation or a club perspective. And the second view, looks at as a gift to pleasure and support. Let's first look at very briefly that first view, our church membership from the country club or vacation perspective. When we look at it from such a lens, it's easy to look at our membership in terms of duty. Many of us belong to clubs or organizations where we pay dues. Perhaps our neighborhood homeowners association or our condo association, we pay dues. Those of us that like to shop at Sam's Club or Costco, we pay an annual fee to do that. If we belong to AAA or another organization, we pay our fees and we accept rights and services and discounts. Sometimes in the church, it's easy to look at our membership through the lens of paying dues. I paid my dues in terms of my time, my talent, and especially my treasure. I've paid my tithes, I've paid my offering, I've paid my fees, and hence, it's easy for all of us at times to struggle with the mindset where we think, well, if I paid my dues, I want programs from this church that meet my needs. I want to be fed significantly, spiritually and otherwise, from this church. 
Because I pay my dues and my fees, I want the church to operate in such a way to make decisions in such a fashion, to build or not to build, to play this kind of music or that kind of music, to change or not to change, that reflects my needs and my priorities and my preferences. That's very human. It's easy and tempting to fall in to such a thought pattern. Again, the idea goes, if I paid my dues, of time, I've served on many committees and task force way back. Well, I've made my tithes for many years. Now it's time for someone else to step in the gap and be their share. And if there's an area of concern, an area of challenge, the idea can become it's time for someone else to step up. I've done my part. So that's why we have paid church staff to do it. And again, it's a mindset that's easy to fall into, and I find myself uh, being refreshed as a reminder on that as well. If I read Rainey's book myself carefully for a second time recently. So, membership is part of the church view as a vacation or a country club church. It's about being free, ready to serve. It's more about us than others. It views the church as a vacation club for spiritual needs rather than a ministry and a gift and an outreach to the law. So, it's the first way of viewing a church membership is through this vacation or club line. And the second way, the second option must be the more biblical view. And Rainey says, well, the second option views our membership as a gift to treasure and to support. Membership at the, in the church is an opportunity to serve and give, and not a legalistic or self-motivated obligation and desire to do so. It's truly important. Now, if it is a gift, it's something that we should treasure, because gifts are important. Gifts are valuable. Gifts are special. And if we see our membership in the church as a gift, I think we're all less likely to view it as trivial or a perk or something that we can easily discard or walk away from if things don't go our way. I think the second view of looking at our membership, our connection to the body as a gift, opens us up more to the spiritual healing of what the writer of the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning of verse 24. And he writes, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And today I'd like to look at three keys as we sort of unpack the second and biblical view of our church membership, our church as a gift to treasure and to support. And the first key looks at this concept of our membership as a gift through the angle of the Sunday. Now, Sunday, the Lord's Day, I read recently an article where it said it used to be something considered by believers as a holy day each and every week. And now it's easy for us to consider it as a holiday. Sunday used to be so special, but even as practicing believers, we struggle now with competing activities and commitments on Sunday morning. Some of us are of an age, we may remember the old blue laws. Remember those certain stores that weren't open on Sunday, certain activities or things that weren't allowed to be sold. And so maybe after 12 noon, 3 p.m., out of respect and honesty for Sunday morning worship. Well, we live in a different age now, and Sunday is treated, even by many of us as professing believers, that times is just another day, where Sunday morning worship and gathering together as brothers and sisters in Christ used to be a priority, an indispensable gathering of key relationships. Now it is sin, competing with so many other commitments in life, rather than always being an integral part of our weekly walk with Jesus. 
Now, in his book, Set Apart, Calling the Worldly Church to Godly Life, Dr. R. Kent Hughes has five challenging trends that he thinks that local church bodies are wrestling with here in the early part of the 21st century, that fits in with this concept of Sabbath and struggling to look at our membership together as a group. And I think these five trends are interrelated. And the first trend he cites is a phenomenon known as Hittiker Christianity. Now, we're familiar with Hittikers, right? I don't think you see as many people Hittiking, sending a ride as we maybe did in the 60s and 70s and 80s, although I was driving down Sheldon the other day and someone was out there hitching a ride. I didn't pick them up or anything, but it's never been a particularly safe mode of transportation. But if someone does enter a car as a hitchhiker, he or she hasn't contributed to car payment. They probably aren't going to give gas money. They're not going to pay for the ongoing upkeep and maintenance of that vehicle. They're along for the ride for a specific need to get to a certain place, or if they get bored or they get uncomfortable, they can quickly bail, right? And they can go out and come another level. It's been said that one of the challenges today in 21st century Christianity in our faith walk individually as a body is sometimes it's easy to give a very low commitment. It's very easy to look at our priority of worship and prayer and Bible study and service and almost look at it from a hitchhiker's point of view that will go along for the ride for a bit, but if it gets uncomfortable, or we just need to make a change, we're maybe not that fully invested. Concludes with that. A second trend that's related is an increasing consumer mentality that enters in and challenges up with local church bodies. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a good food buffet. A quality restaurant food buffet. I can go nuts. But the challenge there is, seriously, if we do our walk with the Lord, our commitment to a body from the buffet line concept, it can pose a serious concern. More and more, uh, I think, we hear amongst us, and we struggle with sometimes, well, we know someone, or maybe we wrestle with, well, I will go to this church to get, the, get fed by this type of preacher, this style of preacher. But I want my kids, or grandkids, to go to another church because their church programs will better meet and feed our needs. And I may go some other place for Bible study or service or fellowship. And it's taken to an extreme, it can have an effect on our individual faith walk to Jesus. It can certainly affect the work together of us as a body. And again, it's taken to an extreme. Our mantra can really become, in terms of our own faith walk with Jesus, our walk together with brothers and sisters and Christ. What's in it for me? And we treat it like a buffet. Now, I was talking with a member about this Wednesday night. He brought it up with me. He was talking to me about I am a church member. And he said it reminds me of a joke. And so I thought it was good, and I think it fits. There was a man who was shipwrecked on an island for 10 years. He had about given up hope of ever being rescued. But each day he would turn up a flare or build a fire and hope that some passing by ship would see that thing. One day after 10 years, the ship noticed, it came up to the shore, the captain ran onto the beach, the stranded pastor ran out and hugged him and said, Captain, Captain, thank you for saving me. And he said, you're welcome. He said, where's everybody else in the He said, I've already been one that's been here for 10 years. And he said, why do you have three huts on the island? He said, well, one hut's my home, I live in. A second hut is my church. And the captain says, what about the third hut? He said, oh, that's the church I used to go to. Roger Gaskin told me that joke. I simply think if you didn't like it, you didn't laugh as Roger Gaskin, and if you did, it's me. But it was Roger Gaskin. So you could tell maybe I told the joke. The third trend out there that he's talked about is increasing spectator Christianity, using the spread sports metaphor. 
that our walk with the Lord, our commitment of our tithes and offerings, our commitment to regular worship and Bible study and fellowship and service, we can take it more from a spectator point of view on the sidelines and not get as engaged as an athlete out on the field with skin in the game as an active participant. And when things maybe don't go our way in the game, or things happen in the rough and tumble of church life, which it will, it's easy as a, a sideline um, spectator to more easily drift away or just not be fully committed to our work together. A fourth phenomenon that he cites is what's called dry food Christianity. Now, my wife, Laura, will tell you I'm not a big fan of going to the fast food dry food. If she and I are about out and about and we're going to bring fast food home for dinner or some Donald's or Arby's, I'm more likely to pull into the parking space, physically walk into the fast food joint, like to give my money to the cashier, see the food, put it in my bag, walk out, leave the parking space to drive home. I think it's quicker that way. And I know I'm unusual that way. I'm probably unusual in a lot of respects. But I'm in the minority on that. I see a thumb up. Somebody else agrees with me out there. Okay, thank you, Michael. Um, because most people love the convenience of the fast food drive through right? By evidence of the long lines at Taco Bell and Tim Hortons. And it's so easy. You don't have to leave your car. They put a stack of food in your lap with little effort. You might have to move an inch for your purse or two inches for your wall. Push down one button to drop the window and they put the bag of food on your and, you know, for an individual or a couple or a family in our busy, fast-paced life, it's very easy to become reliant on fast food. But if we become too dependent on it, it can take a toll on us personally, health-wise, or waistline, and probably even our pocketbook. Similarly speaking, if we take a drive-through kind of approach to our walk with Jesus, our connection to the body, our investment in worship and prayer life and service, and returning to the Lord, the portion of the blessing that He has first given us to our tithes and offerings, it can create a similar spiritual lasting God, a fast food kind of effect. And fifth and finally, He mentions this last thing, and it's what He calls worship less a churchless worshiper. There's a growing trend, even among believers, of that church life and worship life in particular is possible. And perhaps even better, apart from regular corporate worship, what we're doing here today as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's an increasing notion out there in Christendom of private worship. And again, someone that's a studying or someone secluded from coming to regular worship for health or relationship issues, that's obviously essential. But many of us are developing, and it's easy to fall into more of a personal, private worship concept. What I mean by that is this. And it's really to our point, to our blessing. We do have many more means to listen to sermons and the Word of God than we used to, and that can be a good thing. We don't have to be in church as the only source of a sermon. We can listen to preachers from a variety of stripes and churches through podcasts and other means, and that can be good. We can listen to our favorite hymns and contemporary Christian songs from a variety of devices and places, and it's in this way. But if it starts to replace the need and the importance of gathering each week, to worship and gather with brothers and sisters in Christ and experience what God has prepared for us, that becomes an issue. Because otherwise it's easy to fall into thought patterns such as, I can worship God in the Bible. I can commune with Him at Sabbath. I can listen to my favorite preacher's podcast anytime I want. I don't have to leave my home on a cold Sunday morning. I can just listen to my favorite hymns and songs in my PJs. To use the food metaphor again, not to make us overly hungry, 
But these are meant to be side dishes. Spiritual desserts, spiritual appetizers, but not to replace the main entree, the main course of this. In other words, it's called to a personal faith relationship with Jesus, yes. So it's a personal faith, yes. But a private faith, no. It's a personal faith lived out in context and support of being part of the body, the body of Christ. Secondly, let's look at as we unpack this more biblical view of church membership. Church membership as a gift to treasure either ends in the question of the universal church of God versus the local body of believers. Now, some people will argue that they don't need to be a part of a local body or connected because they are a part of the universal church of believers. So maybe 1.5 billion to 2 billion people on planet Earth that confess Jesus Christ as their own Savior. And there is a universal church, and we're part of that as believers. But the universal church of Jesus and the local church kind of issue, that local body, they're not mutually exclusive. The majority of New Testament books were written to or about local churches. I think we're called to be active and connected to a local part of the body. That's, of course, a part of that universal church. And let's look now at the idea of that universal church versus the local body. See the metaphoric example of a human being born into the human race and a new human. Now, each and every one of us here today, by virtue of our birth, we are part of the human race, the eight billion plus people on planet Earth. But just because we're part of the human race doesn't mean we're also not part of a local nuclear family. We're in that local nuclear family. We receive the support and the care and the love and the resources from parents and siblings and spouses and others. So it's not a question of either or. We're a member of the human race or a local nuclear family. It's an involved. And ideally, I believe it is uh, an both to be a member, yes, of the universal church of Jesus and worldwide believers and a local, growing, committed and third and finally, our last two is we unpack this more biblical view, that second view of our membership, our connection to Christ as a gift to treasure and support. Let's look at it through the lens of what a gift really is. A gift by its very nature is something that is voluntarily transferred from one person to another without any expectation of compensation. In other words, a gift is not something that we earn or we deserve. We are a part of the body of Christ because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And I want to be very clear in the next thing I say. Any church membership is worthless. Any church membership is absolutely worthless apart from a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not saved because of our church membership, but we are able to grow in our faith by the power of the Holy Spirit connected with other members as a part of that family. Laura read earlier from one of our readings, St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 8, reminds us that we are saved, for it is by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. We are saved by God's grace through faith on account of what Jesus Christ has done for us. It is a free gift. And when we become in a relationship with Jesus, we automatically become connected to His body. And when we receive this gift, we love the giver, we love the Lord, we love His church, we love His body. And the love of Christ compels us to serve. The love of Christ compels us to give of our time and our talent and, yes, our treasures, our financial commitments, our time and offerings in response to what is done for us. Being a part of the body, the membership is not about perks and rights. It's about experiencing and sharing and spreading that ultimate thing. 
And I believe the Lord has assembled a body of believers here at St. Michael Lincoln for a time such as this. A blessed congregation as we head into 2020, He's calling us by the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to grow this time so that more may be connected to the living God. We are asking each and every member over the next week to carefully consider what it means to be a church member here at St. Michael Lutheran. And to that end, our members about two weeks ago should have received in the mail this Thanksgiving card along with a letter. If you need another Thanksgiving card or you are visiting or a regular visitor and would like to accept a card, you can get those cards from the efforts following the church service. But we're looking for a personal commitment on this card. And it's very personal. It's only between you and the Lord. No one else will know what that commitment is. There is no place on this card for your name. Next weekend, at whatever worship service you have the opportunity to be at, you'll have the chance to come up and place this commitment card on the altar and have it prayed over and dedicated and that commitment sealed to the Lord. And we're looking for two areas of commitment this year on our Thanksgiving card. The first is a financial commitment. What for each of us will be our tithes and offering commitment for our shared work together here at St. Michael Lutheran for 2020. And I've got to say, I'm excited about what God is doing here in our midst right now by His grace. I am very excited about the opportunities that He has in store for this church next year and beyond. And the good news today is that all the resources we need to carry out the mission that God is calling us to is in this room. We have been blessed with all the resources necessary. It's a matter of the next week of prayerfully considering, considering the love that God has first shown us and stepping out in faith and retaining a portion of that blessing that God has first entrusted to us. And there's a second area of commitment we're looking for in this card as well. And that is in part and parcel to the book I Am a Church Member. You may have noticed those six pledges of all the church members that are beautifully displayed on those poster boards in the lobby. I encourage you to review those again as you leave church today. But also during each of the three weeks of the series, two of the pledges each week will be included as an insert in your bulletin. Last week, Pastor Dave preached on pledges one and two. This week, I'm, pledge, I'm preaching on pledge six. Pledge five is also in there, and this week will be pledges three and four. We'd like you, along with your financial commitment for next week, to pray over and look at those pledges and see if one or more, or perhaps all of them, are pledges that you would like to undertake with the power of the Holy Spirit in your individual faith walk together this year and our walk together as a family. To that end, we're focusing on that sixth pledge today. I invite you to join me in saying together the words of that sixth pledge. You can read them from the screen or from the insert in your bulletin. I invite you as we so moved to say together, this membership is a gift. When I received the free gift for salvation through Jesus Christ, I became a part of the body of Christ. I soon thereafter identified with a local body, and I now am humbled and honored to serve and to love others in our church. I pray that I will never take my membership for granted, but see it as a gift and an opportunity to serve others and to be a part of something much greater than any one person or member. And as we wrap up our time in God's Word today, Jesus in our Gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19, reminds us, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, 
and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it is a matter of the heart that our prayerful commitment for 2020, our tithes and offerings, along with those six pledges, is a reflection of our heart for the Lord and the heart for the work of this body together. May we respond to this ultimate gift of faith in Jesus by pledging our church membership, not viewing it as a club or a perk or entitlement or anything, but as a gift, a gift to always cherish and to always treasure and to always support. And may more people become connected to the ones who will be loved through this body and Jesus' gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, I for prayer, please. Lord, on this day, we thank you for calling us to faith, calling us to faith in you, and being a part of the body, and in particular the body of Christ here at St. Michael Lutheran Church for a kind Christian gift. Help us to treasure our membership, to view it as a gift, Lord, to value the connection that we have to you, to your fellow brothers and sisters here today, and guide us by your love and your grace as we carefully consider our commitment to you through this body for 2020. And Lord, we just ask this all in your precious name today. Amen.